wolf water coming to you fucking in 2023 i'm gonna put that in there aqua fucking <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tequisto Series podcast. It's March 30th. Is it March 30th? It's the end of March, and today we're going to talk about some things that you could be doing now to better prepare for your upcoming season, next year. Postseason preps. What what can you be doing now? Postseason preparation activities, scouting, anything you can be doing this time of year to get you more success next hunting season. Yes. So uh, before we kick into this, just want to let everybody know that the Mobile Hunter Roadshow website is live and the tickets are available. Get them while you can. It's going fast. Get on it. Yeah, the uh, attendance is limited to each event based on location and what that location can handle for as, as far as accommodations. So don't wait. Book your ticket. We look forward to seeing all you guys there. So diving into to postseason prep, right? So we talked about shed hunting last week. That would be one big thing, obviously. So, you know, picking up antlers and um, aside from that. Right. And specifically uh, what a lot of guys are doing now are just putting on some miles as many as they can. Just walking. Walking and putting on, you know, I follow a lot of the guys on the uh, the page, Mobile Hunter United, and um, so in some areas, they're running out of time because things are going to start to be greening up pretty quick, so um, me included, I got some pieces I'm going to be hunting probably here in Ohio this year, I'm going to want to get down there and do my ritual, my type of scouting I do this time of year, um, so I get a lay of that land while there's no foliage on the trees. Uh, leaves are flat and everything's basically naked and bare to see. So why why are you doing that? Why just let it, let everybody know why you want to walk the ground without the foliage? So it's not as much for the sign that was left from last year. It's more about learning the property. The more information I have geographically on a piece of ground, um, the more I can put together a puzzle during the season so but why is that why is it important why can't you get that intel in july it's leaves around the trees your uh, vision's limited to shorter distances uh you just don't see the the nakedness of the land like you do after a after a winter um so, so let's say so, I gotta... so it's really not not so just to kind of real quick before you go into your next point it's not so much about the sign it's just about the property i know we touched on this a little bit but i want to give everybody kind of a picture of why we're talking about this and why why it's beneficial to get get there without um you know before it's greened up yeah i mean you can get a lot of good information turkey season though too right i mean where things are just starting to get green doesn't look the same to me it just everything's starting to be covered in leaves it's limited so uh why don't we take a sample of uh an 80-acre plot or something you're going to have for next year. In a weekend, on 80 acres, doing a perimeter check and then walking the entire piece inside and out, I think a guy could learn a piece that small inside of a weekend, inside and out. I don't know if you could do it in July when the leaves are on a tree and and really get what you're going to get when there is not the foliage on the trees. Um, So I like to get that a little bit done 
We also have a lease this year. I've hunted for back in the day, how many twenty some years? I know it inside and out. They just did major logging in the last month. That property is going to be different geographically. I would like to get there before it starts greening up and see what has been done and how it all lays uh, now before all of that new low foliage gets in and just muddies up uh, muddies up the sign. So my personal take so, on it. So a big thing for you is visual then, like just having the visual of the open timber. Yeah, I love to just see what's going on, how it all lays, and um, basically you can see more at that time of year. Yeah, so with that, I think a good point to make, and I know we, we talked about this before, is a lot of people get too hung up in the sign that they're finding right now, right. and they're they're banking on capitalizing on that sign this following season. And when you start to take things in, like crop rotation and, and just differences um, of that property, um you know, we were saying before, you, you kind of want to what? Take that with a grain of salt, right? So be smart about your scouting. It's not about the miles. And it, and di- different people are have different personalities, um, observe things differently. There could be a guy that might cover 60 miles of timber and not get a thing out of it. <laughs> just, just ran around the timber and really didn't learn anything. You really need to take... Um, mental notes of what you've seen and learn and uh in my younger years being a trapper i mean you just you just observe stuff you just know stuff you see it better now getting a little older you'll see stuff and uh observe it now and you forget some of that stuff by the time the season is so the more i can learn a piece of property geographically for me that's the best because then when i see sign in real time during the season i don't have to know you know i i see this here it's heading that way, and I know what's over that hill already. I know where the property line is. I know where all this stuff connects. It it, it connects a big map to me in my head schematic-wise. Um, you mentioned crop rotation. The sign you're seeing now, most farmers rotate crops, is there because of what happened last year. That sign that's there right now may be some sign that's going to be the same two years from now, not just next year. Um Another big point, uh, one of our guys here working for us had mentioned that, man, he, he's just got to start doing some more looking around because uh, he sees the kind of the way we hunt. And he likes to get in, not mess anything up, and put time in in a spot where this year he went and did some shed hunting. And just over the rise, just found a valley that was just ripped up. And, boy, if he would have known that during the season last year. Uh, and what some guys will think, there, look what he just learned. Just imagine if last season while he was hunting, he went and looked over that hill. The deer that made that sign would be dead now, or he would have, might have had an opportunity. The sign that he sees now, that deer might have died last fall. So there's that possibility that that deer's not back. Or a crop patient will be different, and that deer won't be sitting in that valley. So start scouting and uh, do your post-scouting and do it a little smarter and use common sense of what you're seeing and learning. Um, I don't know, maybe think back, how many times have you been able to go out, look at something now, and put a tree stand up that did you any good the following year? 
Just don't, I really don't think ever. Don't do that. Yeah. No, yeah, I've always been um, an advocate of. I personally, I don't know. I, I, I have a different. I have the same take, but it's also a different. I guess uh, maybe a. I think people do way too much at this time of year. I think they're too hung up and everything, and they're just. They're so. They're either pumped that I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it they, is. They feel as free now, going into those spots that they were taboo. As we feel as free yeah. as we are during the season, yeah, doing th- that. Th- that's I think that's the problem. People finally, it's like they have that they have that release. Like th- they're no longer wearing that collar, and they can go wherever they want. And that's just kind of how we operate. And I, I just think it's I've always been an advocate of is as much shit as the least shit you can do out of season, the better. Um, the reason that I like that I look at this, and even a piece of ground that I've never been to. If I have the opportunity to walk it and get the lay of the land, that that's so crucial. And I think from what you say about geographically, that's why for my entire years of hunting, I never, you almost never really needed a whole lot of lights or never needed a whole lot of mapping because I'd, I'd have that like in the mental Rolodex, like how the land laid out and I wouldn't yeah. need to look at maps too much. But so if I have the opportunity, I'll walk them. I still don't get the whole map thing. I can look at a map. I can look at an aerial. I could look at the aerial during when the leaves are off, and it is does absolutely yeah. nothing for it. You know what it does for me? Confuse you. It does what I do. It it gives you the um, the vision from outside the bottle instead of inside. You get the bigger picture from that. So that's what you can get from that. But these lines of uh, elevation see, changes and things, it is so different on the ground what you see and the way deer move through. And um, and the way that I suggest using mapping is using mapping strictly off of what you've seen with your eyes. Then you can use your map to save spots and, and you know, kind of recollect your memory and, and save sign and stuff. But the reason, getting back to where I kind of got off on a tangent, but why I don't like to do that is sort of kind of you mentioned this, but I don't like to enter the season – with any oh, yeah. with any past, I just don't want that hindering what I'm looking at. Like I want to go in I fresh. I know exactly where you're going with it. And you know it. I feel like there's too much stuff that I'm holding on to, or that I forget. And I want to look at it fresh anyway. Now the one benefit that you will get is most of the time, depending on when you're hitting this piece of ground, you don't know what the timber is going to look like. But I just the clean slate, in my opinion, is is the best way to come at it. And I don't think a lot of people know better to separate that stuff that they've seen and just kind of take note of it right. versus, like, trying to hunt off of that information. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear it from people every day that right now they're going to set up stands. Mm-hmm. Right now they're going to set up spots. Right now they're going – and it's just like so, – So that's a good – there's a funny story. When we had the lease down uh, years ago, uh, obviously we own a tree stand company. I got access to all kinds of tree stands. I remember when I <laughs> – we already had stuns up. I set up seven brand new setups in spots that I, I think I know the land pretty good and I know what deer are moving through. Um, pre-set them because now we're going to have this lease. And yeah, in the summer? Or was uh, this now? Whenever I set it. Uh, it was out of, se- out of season. Though. Yeah, it was just yeah. pre-set. They're going to be in there for next year. Yeah, you were trying to get a jump on it. Well, I just thought, well, well, if, the, if, the sign gets, if the sign gets hot in this area. Yeah, then you got to stand for it. Right. Yeah. Seven of them. Uh, 20 years ago, not one of those stands has been hunted, not once, 
And I went in and scouted. And every, you know, every week I'd go and scout that area, and nothing ever developed in any of those spots over years, years. So people don't understand too the concept of of a spot. I think sometimes, like I, I think so much. I don't think there's enough thought that goes into this with 80% of people and guys are targeting areas, not spots or whatever you want to call them. So it like, even if they, I seen so many, I see so many people that go scout and they find good stuff and they, Oh yeah, well I got to stand in this area. Well, do you have a stand in the right spot for the sign you found? Or is it just in the area? Because you know, as well as I do, if you're off by, I mean, you could be off by an inch by a mile, whatever, but 15 yards can make all the difference. So you know, I mean, here's something we learned that probably other guys haven't. And um, and I'm not saying that every one of those stands I set up, nobody ever hunted out of, um, nobody ever polluted, that the deer got accustomed to those. But I'm going to tell you right now that deer do get accustomed to a stand being in an area. And, and you know, the low impact we do and don't get busted a lot. And we've had these stands in these good spots every year and i think i mentioned this on a few other podcasts deer come through steady through those areas but all of a sudden over the years you notice a lot of the trails they just start skirting downwind of those spots and what it is if a doe reacts to it sees something teaches her fawns that the deer behind her learn it they get burned up and uh there was a post on there about um somebody hunting a new spot and they found three setups in these woods and i think i put a little response back to that normally those old pounded up wood stands that guys been hunting for years they're in the right spots the guys figured out where the deer are moving through but they dropped it dead center of it with no regard to a deer's vision coming through or no regard to wind direction and it's a great spot but it's a burned up tree and a lot of times i mentioned early in my days i've shot decent bucks just off of those spots, down low. Uh, and I've, I've watched deer come through and check those. Visually look at those trees that guys have hunted on for years and skirt around them. So find those spots during the season, set up fresh, and, man, they're not going to have a clue you're even there and, and hitting them. So uh, I'm 100% an advocate of obviously walking where you need to go, doing what you need to do, but at the same time, I would also urge people to not be doing, if anything, do that shit in season when you can capitalize on it, not out of season. Right. These these guys who are out there walking property every week in the summer, and even right now, just like walking the shit out of it and then walking the shit out of it next week, and then it seems like they're always finding something to do postseason. Because they're, you know, yeah, they're they're whitetail fanatics, and this is what I, and this is my, if you take anything away from this podcast from me, take this. Find another fucking hobby. Do something. Let these deer, let these deer grow un, un, you know, un, unmessed with. Yeah, unmolested. Don't, like, find out what you need to find out and back the hell out. And then go in when you need to and then use that information. And that's why I, even on properties that I'll do a little poking around, um, but to me, like, it just, to me, it's a waste of time to go see what's happening right now. Even if it's a property I haven't been on, like a lot of times I struggle internally with like, man, okay, should I drive here? Should I look at the property? I would rather know, like, and I'm a pessimist, man. So many times I wait, so many times I find the spot, so many times I find the deer, I find the shed, and nine times out of 10, it's all gone the next season. 
The yeah. deer got hit by a car. The spot's different. Or crop rotation. Crop rotation. I mean, whatever it may be. But so, like, here's what I I would do now is, uh, so we got on our bigger pieces, and I don't know if you could do that within public, but, you know, this, you don't seem to do it much anymore, but I got some spots that are stands in. That the stands are there every year. I spend some hours on them. They are in phenomenal spots that just seem to produce every year. I'm going to go reset that spot. You're talking about trimming. Uh, oh, okay. There's Sorry. No trimming needed. Every, yeah, you could use some extra trimming now because all of those stands that are permanents, usually when you You're trim You're talking them, about now re, just upkeeping and resetting the spot. Yeah, I'm going to put a new 2.0 in that one tree. That tree's, okay, I got you know, it. I hunted out of I shot a deer out of that this year. Um, I put Ashley uh, in that woodlot this year. In a fresh stand, good spot, and what you know, she sat and watched the huge buck she was after go right by that spot again. It's just geographically a spot that's good every year. I don't need to learn anything new about it. I need to clear some trees out uh, that kept me from getting certain points with my bike back in there. Um, a deadfall happened now that kind of just the deer kind of skirted a little wide. Yeah. So I'm going to chop that thing up and let them so here, yeah, take it straight. That's again. a good point. You know? this, this is strategic. It's not really about learning deer or messing with deer, but making making your season more efficient, which yeah. I'm huge on efficiency. So Mother Nature wants to take that travel pattern away from me. I'm taking it back, and I want to just clear that one spot so they can just do what they've always done over the years instead of just doing that little bit of loop around. So. Yep, and uh, you can, you know, another another time another thing that this time is good for, and you know, when we talk about, um, you know, access to like you know like you that's kind of talking on that right so. Um, I would love to have that. Really nailing down your access routes and, and doing things that will help that, whether that's, um, you know, clearing deadfalls out of a creek bottom that you can sneak in there easily. I mean, you know, some of these things might change, but I suppose if you were going to do some of that that sort of stuff, this would be a good that, time to do it. That insane idea I had for our time. Because we got to go through, to get a, our property is kind of a weird one. we got to go through the dead center prime where deer are all in the fields for a mile and a half to get the spots. Yeah, You're going to bump I, I thought about having, actually having a guy with a bulldozer in there and put, coming in and putting that half pipe channel in there down low or even a, a tunnel to get back and then pop out occasionally spots. <laughs> you could, you could, just like we do in those mountaintops, we come up the backside, we get on them cliffs and hunt them. Them beer do not have a clue you're even in there. Yep. We're now, we're still effective with them knowing it, but wouldn't it be nice to just be completely stealth mode on the way in there? And that. Uh, yeah, a lot of times, and, and this is where you just got like, that's a good point. Um, access you. Sometimes you're limited on the piece of ground you got, and you have to go about different ways. Yep. And in this spot, particularly, like especially when the season's going on for a little while, if you if you use that too much, it start they start to just they start to abandon ship. And and it, I mean, there's there's that way, but then there's another. There's two edges that I sword. Sometimes they start getting used to you, just like a farmer in the field. That's true. And they're all seeing you. They're watching you go by, and you're getting in and out of it. But who, it's so, would, who wouldn't want to be completely just not, well, it's, not knowing that you're in there? You know it's sort I mean? of like these access <clears throat> these access trails on a bunch of these public pieces, too. Um, I was hunting a piece this year that is actually, you know, a big piece of public, but it's um, the entry is an easement that is on all trails. So any hiking enthusiast, any hiker – is is getting this and it's a it's a couple couple mile stretch up a hill and there's a good view so mm. this gets frequented by hunters all the time i walk by i you know nothing big but i walk by some bedded bucks right on the ridges just looking right at me thinking yeah. they had it all figured out 
and I was taking mental note that they were doing that and was able to hook around them completely. But, yeah, so they do, you know, they they will get used to that. I think as long as you're not bumping them, if they can watch you, they're cool with it. But the thing that sucks about our situation is getting back out. Yeah. Well, we don't do it. Yeah, and we don't do it. Yeah, that screws up. You know, obviously, all the beer out in the fields, really, but um, the access and analysis. So there's a point years ago, a little little story. There was a, a forty a guy had, and he had a ATV trail through the entire forty, where kids, all the kids from around the neighborhoods, literally on a daily basis, were ripping through that forty. It held some of the biggest bucks that just were used to that day in and day out. Would bet in there, and it was really a difficult one for me. Uh, I got an opportunity to get in there and hunt a little bit um, to figure them deer out because they really there were so many trails cut in there, so many, and and the deer just lived in there, and were just accustomed to bouncing and staying them, staying out of your uh, just out of grass with people there. So yeah, the, um, that's a high, uh, and, and I think a public land could be kind of the same with a lot of guys the, in and out. But yeah, they get used to it. Um, um, so again, um, going back to that. You're gonna go look at the stuff now, but you're gonna come back next year. You got all the sign that you had. Let's let's say it's a public hunting ground. Let's say the word got out there was a big deer in there. Now you got twenty guys instead of two guys coming out here and hunting it. If you ain't scouting during the season and learning what those deer are doing now with the twenties pressure, you're it's a whole different game. All that stuff you learned early has been changed up. Now you get to go read what's going on, and you see, hey, look at this. There's like four guys down in this draw. Nobody's up in this area. Look at this trail developing right around these guys' nose. And you can uh, you can be on the red-hot sign. So. Yeah, I mean, so many people I talk to, buddies, they'll call me like, oh, I just, ch- I just scouted this new – just scouted this new piece. You know, we didn't find any sheds, but, man, I'm just – I'm fired up. I found this Torah bridge or this or that, and – I'm literally, I'm like the opposite. Three like stands on it now. When, <laughs> when well, come back. Yeah, yeah. You know, and. Oh, and, you're here already, okay. Well, and they're prepping for that. But, man, when I'm in that situation, I'm the opposite. It, it depresses me well. because I know it means nothing. Like, or at least that's how I think. I think it means absolutely nothing but a good one was here this year mm-hmm. at some point in time. And who fucking knows where he'll be next year. I mean, it it could be something, but. If I let, I've done this in the past, and I've it, same thing with camera intel. That's why I, 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 I have to kick myself in the ass all the time about the camera thing, and like that's that's why I stopped running them. To me personally, that it makes me think too much different, yeah. about the damn information I'm getting from the camera versus what I'm seeing in the woods. Right now, you you know you I love that you got it different though. Like yeah. you can separate them. To me, yeah. I'm just I'm too. That's all I think about, and then that changes my. I've I've tested it for so many years in a row, and every time I implement, I implement out of season, um, intel. You're taking it too and literally, I, and I implement of, camera. Yeah. I have worse luck throughout the season. And take instead of taking it with a grain of salt and just as part of the whole picture, you got, you kind of rely on that. Uh, this is what's going on, or you're relying on this is what not going on, and that's the biggest deal with with cameras and things of that nature. So another story about um, I don't like crowds either. I don't think anybody really likes crowds. Um, the deer that I hunted years ago up in Upper Anago, uh, it ended up being taken the following year that I was hunting it. 
I was on to it. It was the new state record kill. Um, I had that 80 to myself of public land. Nobody was there, and the word got out about that deer, and I came back next year, obviously, to go hunt that deer, and there was cars parked. And I'll bet there was six, seven guys on 80, and it just, and I didn't know the deer was back for sure, but it turned, and then you could bait back, and then every guy had a bait pile on it. It just turned me completely off, and I didn't even go do any scouting or bumping to find out that deer was back, and I left it. And I remember I was at a, a bar having a sandwich, and um, I think one of your buddies was hunting up there and ran into a guy at that same bar the next week and said, hey, that buck that you were hunting last year, it just got shot. It was on that, <laughs> it was on that frickin' 80. Uh, but if I were to go in there with 10 other guys, I would guarantee you 1,000%. Um, I probably wouldn't have the crack of that deer. So it, it ran across, chasing some doe across some guy's bait pile, and he, and he smoked it. So um, there's that. And then there, I would love to have public land to me, an experience would be about more of a wilderness thing with nobody else around. That's how it was. Um now there's so much traffic and crowds. I, and if you I like really, that and you're see, into it. See, this is where it. I think it goes. This all It all depends where you're at. Public or private. Yeah. It, it's uh, Same thing, you know. Yeah, when I talk, honestly, when I talk pressured ground, I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't for, matter well, well, now that's all you hear. Uh, Any time you talk to somebody, like I remember 10 years ago, Nobody even mentioned the type of ground they were hunting. Like it wasn't even it it, it didn't even matter because it wasn't relevant, which it, it still isn't. But now it's become this thing yeah, to that marketing. you got to say whether you're you're on public or private or or whatever or, or in the mountains. Well, I or, think the niche of it started that it was an excuse that look look at the small caliber deer I got, but for public it was huge. We went into that story again, and for some areas it is, and and that's not even public. That's states. Yeah, some states have smaller caliber deer. Yeah, Other states have huge monstrous deer, so it's um it's just the way it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um but I don't think that, you know, that doesn't limit you. You can be, you know, in a state that is, you know, known for big deer, have a private piece and have nothing but small deer on your ground and, and it yeah. can be the exact exact opposite. But Well we had a guy send us photos of a public piece not far from here that had three bucks that were bigger than a box on our property, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, which it, is a pretty and, big... And this is another, so it's just, it's another it's thing relevant. to where the oh. shit changes all the time. And these public pieces that were good this year, I like, I don't... in my The public that I hunted this year in Wisconsin, when I go there next year, if I go there, I, I'm i going there with a clean slate. I don't know what it's going to... I don't know right. if any of those deer are going to mate it. I don't know if there's going to be well, new bucks there. Well, there might be a crop rotation that turns it this and year it, hot. Yeah, it could be super hot, you know. So, But the thing is... Um. Yeah, too much to me. Too much intel. Here's look, here's a good point too. I I just figured. So th- the knob that both of us hunted this year over on uh, the lease was red hot this year. Every time I was I was trying to figure out Is where this that one. You, every you time I went me there of, of sneaking in on yeah. setting a stand up there. Yeah. <laughs> You were there. I seen the I seen the sign that you left behind. But there was a buck every time I scouted that for a week. Late morning, just went on there, and I was wanting to get a glimpse of that nice ten, maybe jump on. But different bucks, two bucks every day, jumping bucks on there. Now, when we first bought the the property, and we had that. I remember that was you put a stand on that pine there. Yeah, that spot was red hot. Remember? Yeah. Then naturally, you come back next year thinking, man, this is gonna be a great yeah. spot, and it was dead. Dead. 
Yeah. Now I think what happened there, just think about this for a minute. I'll bet if we would have came back the year after it was dead, the crop rotation went back to the first year. Yeah. But because we were on a different box, we went to a different spot and left it a year. Then we went and scouted it one more year on a bad year again. Yep. I can't wait to see that knob Two next years year. From now? No, right no, right next year. I want to see if, if it's, it's dead. Ice cold. Yeah. And my theory is right. And I think it is. Um, it very well could be. And so the sign I see there now, if I come back next year and I put a stand up there, I wasted my time on it. I'll wait to yep. see if it's hot, then I'll put a stand up. And to that point, that exact ridge, by the time I found that it was too late. I mean you know, yeah. so it was one of those things where I mean now it was it was it was good that year regardless, mm -hmm. but for this particular deer, yeah. that was actually that was a year that taught me a lesson of strike while the iron's hot. Because I mean, I, in my mind, I think back then I, I I had a I just thought with the lay of that that like that buck would be cruising through there, and I had a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and if I would have if I would have took that, that specific in a, buck, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was walking there that first year; it was hot too. And I was jumping all kinds of nice bucks, well, but just not one I wanted to kill, and that's so I never thing. set a stand. When I, yeah, when I set it, I actually I ended up passing up a couple deer on that ridge. Um, uh, we set that stand together, I think, that real tall one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you had, to, you had to crawl. You had to climb up those rocks. That was a, there was a, well, at least nice I. Nice access. Point oh, there. super. I mean, you want to talk about access. Um, there's, you know, what's crazy how big though? is that bluff? 40 feet? Rock bluff? That's yeah, like a rock climbing bluff. But what's weird is, you know what, some damn deer still climbed up that and jumped on their bed some bucks. So, yeah, um, but it, but the main – With those thermals, though, you're – The main travel corridor that you, you could get in there and just not be um, – Yeah, I'd be curious to see what that looks like next year um, on the on the bean. Because I, I put think it, it – And then when year. I stopped uh, – When I stopped um, – going Like I said, for a week straight, late morning I went there and I jumped bucks in, and then I just – it wasn't the area I wanted, so I got sick of it. But I did. My matter of fact, I just pulled them three weeks ago. Put a camera there. I put cameras there, and lo and behold, I mean, it was all, all season, all on that flat, and never. Here's the other thing: guys looking for these buck bed. There was bucks on that flat, and you really couldn't see any to find beds, but they were bedded here, bedded mm -hmm. there, every day in a different spot, but on that knob. Yeah, that. So there's sign you wouldn't see. Yeah, there's that's a, you know them. I'd classify that as like hard ground open pines, right? I mean, it, it's it's not. I took pictures of it. I was going to do a post, and the pictures are so, yeah, just it, nothing to it that it just really wouldn't tell a guy anything. But it was just yeah, open pines in there, and then kind of flat, open, pretty and, and hard ground too. So you, right next to some open tillable yeah. and with a bluff off the back, great spot to get away well, when it got jumped. Well, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about like that identifying beds and identifying bedding in those areas it's such rocky hard ground and it's and and they they bed sporadically yeah like like i know a couple deer i was hunting in that area too the year prior uh in in a span of i'd probably say a hundred yards i, I watch that buck bed in a different spot every just day randomly. but I mean, that's just, a spot but just randomly yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean i would still call that that like his bedding area or whatever but yeah. it was so, so kind of uh, changing gears right now. So, along with prep for next year, I think we should talk about this briefly. A lot of people, and now this is more of your your kind of private land guys. Um, a lot of people are. I, I don't get into this much, but you you can you can tell me is anybody doing any prep for food? 
for food plots for in season. Is that done now or is yeah, that not? Yeah, the leases. Oh yeah, we got some guys already in. Uh, like, do you seed that stuff now, or is this one? Frost seeding is this time of year. You do your frost seeding you know, over some things. You're maybe getting some land that's thawed already and dried up enough, maybe tilled and ready to go. Guys are really hitting that kind of starting to hit that hard. Put down maybe some fertilizer. Um, See, so I, I got a black thumb, so I don't I don't mess with any of this shit. I I, yeah. I tried food plots six seven years ago. Let my, let my homies do it. Yeah, it was it, it man. I just <laughs> it did not work out well. Um, and you know it, how we do our plots here. We don't really don't do it to kill them off, but we just want to try and grow bigger so antlers. Let, yeah, so let's, let's talk about a couple things because I think I think there's a lot of people out there that have a either a negative connotation about food plots or, or everybody does this different. And I, and I, I would, I would say that the way some people do it, I disagree with. And I, I think, you know, I think, I think over manipulating ground can be a, can, can be kind of shitty. I mean, it can be kind of weird and it, it changes the sport, but let's talk about how we come about this and, and about these guys who are planning food for herd health and to pull deer and just to make sure and try and make deer help deer live. And, mm-hmm. This is all huge, and this is huge for public and private land hunters, right? right? I mean, any way that deer can get older, get more age on them, get more mature. Look for at sure. counties like Buffalo County, yeah. right? I mean, that place was Everybody's was managing. built on people just yeah. doing things like that, and, right? And getting on a piece of pri- or public land in the midst of that, oh, you should go. Thank when you kill your buck, go <laughs> put a nice present on a guy's door or, uh, yeah. or thank him. Um, so that's a... So here for me, my perfect, uh, you know what my perfect land would be is if I had uh, three bordering neighbors. Uh, every one of them hated everything I was about, were PETA members for the last 20 years, absolutely would not let anybody hunt or ground, and I had a piece in the middle of that. That would be my ideal piece of ground to buy and have. Um, what those folks do would produce me Stuff going off my property wouldn't get killed. Stuff on adjacent properties wouldn't get yeah. killed, and it'd be great. So it's a horrible situation. Uh, remember all the times that I moved in and I bought ground in uh, the Milwaukee area, and then I went to, in Illinois. I had a lease. The first year, neighbors were absolutely pissed at me and hated my guts because I don't kill a lot of deer. I put a lot of food plots in that would let them grow up. But guess what? I became their best friend, and every neighbor around me killed bigger and more consistently big deer every year after that because of what I did. And that's a great thing to have, not not a thing to demonize or. Um, yeah, but no, I'm. I think I think you misunderstood. I, I think you're come. You're talking about it in a different aspect. I'm I'm saying like so. Right now we're talking. Oh, prep type. Yeah, I'm talking prep type. Like, yeah, we get. Um, that's a whole other show. Yeah, that that that's a whole different. I think I think what you're talking about is a little different tangent. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking for these guys. So like right now, we're we're trying to let guys know what they can do to better their next season. And being that I'm not a food plot guy. Okay, so yeah. I, like, what would your suggestion? What are what are plots that you think are beneficial for guys that if they want to think about putting in a plot and is now the time to do that? Or yeah. so the most important, um, and I don't put a lot of those in it. They would be in already from last year. So let's say I had a clover field that's been there for four or five years. Uh, to me, the most important piece of a food plot would be to have alfalfa is huge here, but uh, clover is probably the, the best all-around food to have. And what you want is your deer as early as possible every year 
to hit green high protein foods. Most of my plots are, I'm a farmer, so I leave in beans and corn, which are just going to be planted on a normal schedule as we go here. And then I'll leave them in for, to hold deer, not really to produce bigger or have them for the fall, but my uh, green fields that I have. And then any plots I put in for a year to hunt would be a fall planting. So I don't have a lot unless I put in a whole new clover field. The neighbors around, anybody who's got alfalfa, first-year alfalfa, all of our deer will be in there during antler growth eating. They'll come off the ground, back and forth. They'll stay there for a while. They go to where that high protein is. So if you have that on your property, that's a good thing. So all, you, all you'd want to be doing right now to prep for that would be just clearing areas and start to look at like what, where you're going to Frost seed, if, uh, you know, if you have an existing plot that's getting a little thin. Or if you're prepping or planning on putting in a new clover field, now you want to have that ground um, maybe ready to go. And a lot of guys that put uh, turnips and radishes in, that feels already nice and clean for you. So you're just going to wait for uh, the proper time. And, it, and on those bags, you can they'll tell you when to start planting and when not to. Uh, but to get that seed in early, and uh, that's the best you can do for a whitetail for, for growing a rack as far as I'm concerned. So that's what you do. We talked about trail management, some access maintenance. Um, if you got a couple of trees you want to plant, what, that's part of it. Here's what I did decades ago, and I think everybody's into now. I was nothing but a hunter, had no other hobbies uh, except trapping and then playing some sports. Um, I fucked up my equipment like mad after the season. Everything that didn't work was screwed up. I went to the shop. I worked in a shop. And we were messing around all in the off season because that's all we had to do: improving and making and getting that ready for the next year. Yeah, the, people should be doing more of that. And I, I would. Oh, they're I doing would, it now. These guys are. Well, the the problem is though is they're they're doing it now, but they're doing it all year round. And not, they don't give a shit about hunting. <laughs> that, that's, well, no, I would think know, some I mean, of these like, guys are just so wound up. They yeah, got. That's, I see a post on there all the time, man. I got my. They show the stand. It's all ready, decked out, ready to go. So that part of, they're ready. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, I being ready now for and it's what six months away? See that? See that's where man, I'm just a different beast. I people ask me all the time. They're like, "Oh yeah, you," or you know, "What are you doing now? Are you looking at this? Or are you doing it?" And I'm and I tell them, "I'm like absolutely nothing," because you know, I'm, I'm what I'm doing. I'm building your fucking tree stand for next yeah. year. That's what I'm doing. Is I'm yeah. starting to get fucking a little tired of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they could give us a break here. I shouldn't stop ordering for a while. It, it's even, it's even to the point where. When summer comes and they start growing racks and and even when they're half half grown and stuff, I just can't I can't turn it on. Because, I like watching that with because once it's know. on, like it just pisses me off when I can't take advantage of it yeah. and I can't hunt. So I got to um, it's like you know. Here, the big thing too is uh, all the big deer that were on a property this year. People all get excited about oh man that one's you know that was 180. I can't wait to see what it is. And this yes this is 170. I can't wait to see what it is this year. Those deer may be back. They already made it. They, they probably dropped their sheds somewhere. We've seen them. They made it through the year. We didn't get the sheds because they went off the property. Um, but there's always these small bucks at three and a half that you don't even take notice of. Those are going to be our shooters for this year, not even the ones that we're anticipating coming back. That's great that they'll be back to and, be 10 inches bigger. They just blow through the roof, and there you got a new. And You're not going to know that until. And that's another thing I'm talking about. Like, them deer are not 
did not leave all that great sign that you found and, and did not do what jacked you up. So, I mean. You didn't even pay attention where they were because they were that's, small. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. it, it's just a lot of these things um, I, w- I would urge guys to, you know, we preach the in-season stuff a lot. And and that's kind of, I just like to Well, you can that. give your two cents, but you don't need to urge them not to do it. They go oh, yeah, they yeah, want, you you know? can, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I ran myself it. ragged years ago. I just love the scout. Well, here's the thing. I did too, and Terrain I re- and I realized land. I did, and that's where, you know, people don't take this the wrong way. I mean, I'm saying this because I learned, like I I did all this stuff. It's it's just like it's like the scent preparation I did on the last podcast, and I did a post about it. Dude, I used to go crazy with the scent. Like I I used to go, above and beyond. I used to. There's so many things that I did that I had to find out for myself, even heavy poundage. I went through that phase. I shot heavy pound. Like, it's not mm. necessary, but even though people would tell me, you would tell me, oh, it's not necessary. You don't. I, I understand people are going to do this, but what I'm saying, or I'm just giving my two cents, I've found the more of that stuff that I do, the less success I have. And I hunt better when I'm in the moment learning then and there and I can capitalize on it versus all the excess stuff. Now, get out there, learn new pieces of ground, walk them, take that information with a grain of salt, prep for next year for access, mm. things like food, things like, um, you know, even. See, there's a weird thing in that too. Maybe we're guys that hunt a specific deer. Maybe guys that are just out to kill a deer. Maybe that could work for them because they're putting, you know, um, a stand in a spot that's a good spot that's got a funnel that's got a lot of movement through it. But, man, if you're looking for a specific one, I don't know how you find that needle in that haystack a year earlier. It just doesn't to me. Yeah, you um, definitely can't do that. I'm going to wait for him to come back. I'll see him in velvet. He'll be on the property. He'll start doing what he's doing. And then when it comes time to go in and get him, I'm gonna, I know what I'm going to do early October. I know what I'm going to do late October. I know what I'm going to do in the fall. I'm going to chase that son of a bitch down and fucking crawl up his ass so bad he, he ain't going to know which what hit him. So that's that's the kind of hunting we do, and it's the most successful. So, um, Yeah, and even even if you're, you know, looking – and this will be another podcast in the future, you know, um, any buck versus a buck, right? Um, but even if you're looking for just general sign – now, let's say you got these giant tracks. I mean, you can – giant tracks of land you can get more general ideas i like i still like to get that information in season versus out of season like because you're gonna hunt on it you're gonna hunt it next year so i have that new 80 right if i wait till the season here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go down there opener and i'm gonna burn that thing up for that first three days that i'm there i'm gonna scout a perimeter dissect and have to learn it i'm gonna get that step out of the way now um so can you, leaves are off. Can you think, yeah, but you're still going to redo it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, redo that, it because of real time, but I'm going to know in my head more than I'll know if I go through all it during the green. So, um, uh, yeah. I'm I mean, talking I'm talking major travel quarters, maybe come off of this guy's property into the yeah, land. It, or, you I know, guess it, it would do you, geographically, it would do you good to have, a, have another. Because every time you walk something. Here's a perfect, I'm not a puzzle guy, but I see puzzle people. Why do they always put the perimeter together first you get that outline in there and then you start filling in the shit in between well that that's very easy answer it's because there's a hard side 
Like so, you gotta see eliminate all the pieces. I want to see what's. Uh, I mean, yeah. How I, everything's put together out there, and then I'll dive into the center. You know, so maybe that was a bad analogy. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't know if it. I don't know if it correlates to the actual putting together of a puzzle, but um, but yeah. Uh, so is there anything else you can think? Any good pointers for right now? Um, aside from what we talked about for guys who are looking to just gain a little bit more intel or things that could help them on next year more success um yeah just like this time of year you know trying to be real time with this i mean and it, it i'm being gonna tell you April, the biggest the biggest thing you could do to up your game now would be gear access to oh, access. a piece that has a big animal i mean if you've been stuck in a rut five years in a row not rut in general but uh, a piece that is not producing is probably not going to produce again this year you got to bump around. You get, and this is the time to do it. Don't go knocking on doors or looking for new stuff maybe right okay, before that, the season. I mean, that, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting point. So you're saying that guys should start seeking out new property and start new relationships right yeah. now. This would be the time to do right it. Right before turkey. Hey, can I get on there and hunt some turkeys? Yeah, shed hunting, ease in, get to yeah. know the people. People usually don't care about turkeys. Be right. Be respective um, of the property big time. Um so many guys I've seen got permission to go on stuff and then they leave some garbage or something out there or just um, do things that are, you know, park on a guy's front yard when the grass is soft or in his bean field. I mean, use some common sense, man. Um, I'll tell you what people love when I used to get their pieces. In the spring, I would go any piece of property I had permission on back in suburban area, I would go pick up garbage on it because you know how it is in the city. It's just a mess. Um and they would love that. Um, and they would welcome you back. Hands yeah. open. So that's, I mean, that's a good. So there's a lot of a lot of food good, for thought there. That's a good pointer. Um, a little on different on a different wavelength, but that's a good pointer. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, no. So you'll probably not do a lot of looking around anymore this year, and I'll uh, probably gonna head out and do a little more looking around when I get a little time. Um, And then uh, in the near future, I think we could probably introduce, we're going to start doing a little bit on uh, some of these new products that are finally hitting yeah. the production tables here. Go Oof. Yeah, going back to your, your I, I would like to preface that, like right now, you know, it is a good, I think right now is a good time, like you mentioned, to look at your gear because it's fresh enough in your mind to know what was what was working for you, what was efficient, and you can make those adjustments right now. I'm, I'm, I'm a victim. I'm guilty of this. I do that shit in the season all the time, and I'm constantly just messing with stuff. And then usually I find a a, a groove, and then I don't touch it, and I won't touch it until the next season. But I always start to mess with stuff now. But right now is really the time to take, cause cause it's fresh. It's fresh enough, mm-hmm. you know. Shave down your pack, you know, if you want to try out something else, if you want to, you know. I really hate that now with all the different stuff we got now that I have to put miles on different things. I like to have my shit together, too, the same setup, day in and day out. And I have to run this stuff now to field test it, to know what everybody else is knowing, you know. So. But it is nice, though, sometimes having to do that, you know, sometimes when, you ha- when you're forced to change up, you realize that you were, you know, maybe missing out on something and. Like how much more? You know what do I you realize? I had it figured out twenty years ago, and it's the same. 
It's not. Bump it That's home. a fucking false statement. Compact sticks. You're not even. Yeah, hooks. you're not. All, all these fucking. <laughs> <laughs> a machine, man. A whitetail hunting machine. So what I did now, though, because yeah, of that, is of I had. Uh, you had back then. I had uh, that set up. That's my setup this year. And then because I have to field test others, I had to .5 with double. So that setup had it shit together. And then when I went to grab one, it wasn't like trying to grab doubles and put them on my 1.0 or vice versa. In my mind, I had my little setups. And that toward the end there, I had to run that 2.0. Yeah, um, but don't you like the doubles more than the compacts? No? Not not even more. I like – there's things I like about the doubles, and there's things I like about the um, – uh, I am pretty pumped about the doubles now that we spread that aider out. I just took a 14-inch double with a 17-inch aider. I got 31 inches of travel at 1 pound 3 ounces, which is phenomenal. So now instead of two of the bottom doubles having aiders and having four in my setup, I'm going to be running a three-pack uh, three of doubles all with aiders because, I mean, they just climb in and out so easily now, and they pack good. So that will be what I'll lean toward in the doubles. And um, the compacts, I'm gonna, we got these new 14s too. I might dabble in those a little bit, but mostly them 17s are just sweet, right? They're working for me right where they're at for my uh, leg stride. So yeah, we well, got the fix coming. We got the point seven five coming. We got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we're gonna do some Coming we're gonna do year. some gear breakdown stuff next week. So tune in then and we'll talk about a lot of the things in the pipeline for this year. Um, when you can expect some availability. A lot of you guys um been getting messages uh asking about some of these different models like the climber, some some soft good stuff that we're doing. So we'll we'll give you a, a, a nice update on that next week and um we'll talk some gear. Yeah. And that's some things like you just said. You mentioned a couple of products. We we are not waiting until next year to develop. We develop all year. Listen to what our customers wanting. And like you got two packs coming out now that should have been released and talked about. We're just going to get them going, and put them in right when we get them, and just and just keep this thing moving. You know. Yeah, I think you guys will be amped to see some of the stuff that'll that'll be coming out very soon. But, um, yeah. So I guess that's um. It wraps up another one. Yep. We'll see you next week.